0: Welcome to Making More Money For You with Magnus Carter. Whether you feel that you don't have enough money to start investing or are under the preconceived notion that investing is only for the wealthy, Magnus and his expert guests are here to help you. Now here is your host, Magnus Carter.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Uh, you are on the Making More Money For You show. I'm your host, Magnus Carter, as the lovely intro suggested. Uh, last week, we had a phenomenal uh, talk with uh, Randy Kajawa from uh, Toilet Paper Hands on uh, what they're actually doing over there and how to get kids and actually young adults excited about investing and in, by doing animated series and also talking about some other few future things coming down the road. But this week is actually going to be a very interesting week because I got a special guest that I have reached out to and reached out to me as well as we're going to talk about every everybody's favorite topics of one of starting a business. What needs to be done how and how to go about doing it and it's that time of the year where it's the end of the year for businesses for taxes uh and for this i would like to introduce my guest is charles reed charles welcome to the show magnus thank you for having me it's a pleasure to be here uh so charles um i know everybody is loving you know the end of the year uh, as business owners and also as workers because next year you know, in the next couple months, we'll actually get money back from the government and see how much we actually owe them. But uh, can you tell us before we get into all that fun stuff? Can you give us a little bit of of your background and how you became an expert in what you do?
2: Sure. I'm a Midwestern boy. I grew up in Iowa. Uh, after high school, I joined the United States Marine Corps, spent four years, including a combat tour in Vietnam. Uh, came back, was stationed in Kansas City, met and married my wife. Uh, She had five children when I married her. She was 10 years older than I was. I claim insanity, but we were married for 45 years before she passed, so it worked. Um, Found that business did not value my military experience then, like now. Uh, They don't understand what military experience brings to the table. So I went and got my credentials. I went and got my BBA and my MBA. Sat for and passed my CPA exam while I was still in graduate school. Went into the corporate world, went to work for TI, Uh, spent 15 years in the corporate world, Uh, big corporations, small corporations, startups, turnarounds, uh, lots of wonderful experience. Realized I was never going to run a major corporation. I didn't have the political skills. Uh, I was unwilling to stab people in the back and toss them off the ladder. So if I was going to run a business and I grew up in a family business, I'm going to have to start my own. So just over 30 years ago, Ruth, my wife, and I started our own business. Uh, we started as a mobile accounting service with a payroll sideline, uh, dealt with a lot of clients, a lot of business, a lot of consulting, a lot of small businesses. About 10 years ago, I sold off the accounting side to my partner and kept on with the payroll business, uh, went and got myself a uh, U.S. Tax Court practitioner's certification so I can practice in U.S. tax court, even though I'm not an attorney, because when I got that, the IRS was getting very obstreperous, uh, and it was necessary for me to have more credentials to help my clients. So here we are today, keep on growing and having fun and being an entrepreneur and living the good life.
1: Wow, that's amazing uh thank you for your service first and foremost um i did have a couple shows uh what i had ex-military <clears throat> folks on the show and you know it's always great talking talking to uh, you because you have a different and a unique different way of seeing the world because you see it way differently than uh everybody that actually just goes right into their business and i appreciate that and i know my listeners appreciate that as well because uh a lot of um the people that actually listen to the show have been either ex military or thinking about going to military and whatnot. So um, that's it's always great having a veteran on, um, especially with Veterans Day coming on as as well. <clears throat> but one thing I want to talk <clears throat> about is uh, you said the IRS is actually becoming more and more involved in taxing and in businesses. What do you mean by that?
2: Well. They're very much involved in that, but they are. Are I, the term I use is more obstreperous. They're they're uh, okay. IRS is a hundred thousand people, forty uh, percent of which are eligible to retire in the next two years. They're civil servants. Okay. Uh, they are in the middle of a huge uh, change in laws. Congress has passed repeated laws uh, in the last few years. In the last 12, 16 years, huge changes back and forth uh, from Obama to Trump to Biden. Uh, It's it's been a roller coaster they are expecting the IRS to do a great deal more than they used to in terms of the PPP and uh, stimulus checks and other programs that Congress keeps writing. And until very recently, they haven't given them the resources to handle it. So people are undertrained, overworked. Civil servants—they don't have the profit motive that we in business do. Right. So they don't really want to put in those eighty-hour weeks. <laughs> uh, you know, and many of them only get paid for forty, no matter how they work. Uh, they were all off for COVID. They all worked from home. They shut everything down, and everything is not back up to speed yet. Uh, my personal refund is still out in the air, uh, and we have a number of clients who we filed tax returns and amended tax returns and other things, and they're just not being answered. Mm-hmm. It's uh, The IRS is in a mess, and the commissioner changes uh, next week Uh, Chuck Reddick, who'd come in five years ago, was an outsider. And like, you know, Trump uh, was trying to drain the swamp uh, with limited success because it's 100,000 people who are Mm -hmm. a bureaucracy and you can't fire them because they're civil servants. And so he did what he could, but he's being replaced on the 12th by a IRS career employee.
1: Okay. I yeah. understand. understand understand. Um, b- before we go any further, if anybody out there that is in business or has tax questions, please call in. The phone number to call in is 1-866-472-5789. It's 1-866-472-5789. Well, speaking about that, Charles, uh, how important is it to get your corporation or your business off on the right foot? by following tax laws net, that are actually stated now and the business you're getting into? Critical. cool.
2: Uh, my newest book, The Payroll Book, A Guide for Small Businesses and Startups, the first chapter is entity selection because entity selection is critical for tax purposes. Whether you're a sole proprietor or a corporation, LLC, a partnership, they all impact how taxes are calculated and what taxes you pay. So, it's critical that you get off on the right foot. One of the biggest problems uh, new entrepreneurs make is they don't classify people properly. They pay them under the table, they pay them cash, they pay them as independent contractors, even though they're technically employees. The penalties and interest that that can accrue are huge. They can put you out of business. So, you've got to be right from the beginning because the IRS and the states are not forgiving.
1: Oh, I'll uh, attest to that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they, they, they are not charitable enterprises, and they have no charity in their hearts. Their hearts are stone cold. Uh, and there's the law. Now, understand, the IRS doesn't make the law. The law is written by Congress. Okay. And today is the day. Today is, uh, I don't know when this will air, but today is the 8th of November, and it's voting day.
1: Well speaking speaking of that real quick, we are live, so don't forget to vote. So don't
2: forget to vote. All my all my employees are voted. And in twenty-three states, for you business owners, in twenty-three of the fifty states, you have to give them paid time off to vote.
1: Really? When did that take when did that's been taking
2: place over years and years and years? I sent out a an email to all my client to my mailing list earlier late last week or yesterday. (laughs) Uh, listing all the states and the requirements so if you're not sure uh, go uh, whatever state you're in does business have to pay time off for voting
1: google it and you
2: you may find you're violating the law again
1: (laughs) oh (laughs) jeez! tons of tons of great little nuggets here (laughs) love it um so you did say when we classify as as a business, that is definitely in the, the planning phase of your business, especially what you're looking to do and what you're looking to grow, not only for right now, but what you're looking to do five, 10 years in, in the future. Is that correct?
2: Absolutely. Now, there are some things you can change. If you're just starting out and you have literally no liability and you're, you're grossing 10 grand a year, you might as well be a sole proprietor. Okay. Okay. But the moment you have any liability including slip and fall if you open an establishment where people can walk in you've got to have liability protection and a corporate or an llc status is the cheapest way to get that's the cheapest insurance policy you'll ever buy Uh, i like s corps personally because the law is very settled on it uh lawyers will charge less to set up a corporation than an llc in many cases Uh, the advantages of an llc are are very obtuse and 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 limited so i i recommend s corp or if you're an llc and s corp status for tax purposes it is the most tax advantageous way to do business uh you'll pay less taxes that way Ah, and uh, any good cpa can that handles small business can walk you through all the details of what and why and how
1: okay that well since you brought that up i i did the same thing i i talked to my cpa I talked to actually a couple of people that are uh, in the publishing in the publishing world to figure out what they did, how they're growing, and talked to my CPA as well. Uh, and that's exactly how I set mine up. I have LLC with the S Corp. So I, I got everything set up. Everything's, I uh, did it last year. And, you know, it's, the first year is always the hardest year to do this, especially for taxes. And uh, especially this last year, they changed how they did the taxes because my account had to do my business taxes first and then my personal taxes.
2: Yeah, because you're, as an S-Corp status, you are a flow-through entity, which means your property loss and your tax credits flow to your personal tax return. So they have to do that. And then the K-1 that's created, that's the form, Mm -hmm. flows to your personal tax return and that's that's your business income and you get taxed only on your personal return not on your 1120s which is your 1120 your corporate return the s stands for your Corp.
1: Ah, that that's great knowledge uh uh especially for everybody out there that's looking to do this or starting to do this right now and and you're ready to not you're making some money but not making enough money yet you know we gotta you gotta think about where are you are gonna take your business and that's one of the right. things that you have to do. Uh to get started in a business, what do you actually need to get really started in a business? I know a CPA is one of them. Uh what the, else?
2: There's there's four people you need in a new business. Okay. You, you need a CPA accountant. You need and I hate to say it, you need a lawyer. Oh, we love to that. advise you on the law. Okay. <laughs> you need a banker because you got to move that money through a bank somehow. And you need an insurance agent. Because you're in business, you have business insurance that you need to cover. So those four advisors you need to have to start with. But I'm going to give you a caveat. They are advisors. Many of them will want to tell you how to run your business. Don't listen to them about that. It's your business. You're in charge of it. You run it your way take their advice in their field and put it into your calculations but don't let them tell you how to run your business. Okay. You're the one that has to choose the risk and the reward and the circumstances, not them and not all of them will. but if you get a lawyer that says no you've got it you've got to do this. you may want to find a new lawyer. If you have an accountant that says, oh no you've, you've got to rearrange these things and do things differently. you can't be in business like this. Find another CPA.
1: Okay. Uh I'm very fortunate um with the people that I surround myself with 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 my business. Uh and some people are not because I have actually heard horror stories about this. And I, I'm sure in your time that people have come from bad bad uh bad advice if you want got them in a lot of trouble. How yes. hard what what is the out of all the things that could possibly happen, what are a couple of the things that people constantly come to you about.
2: Well, if they've been doing it themselves, they haven't been making deposits on time, they haven't been filing the right forms, they're not set up with the states correctly. Uh, Right now, we're having a lot of this this year, is as people work from home, Mm -hmm. in different states, and businesses have not registered in those states that they now have employees in okay sally worked for you and you said okay sally you can go work from home well sally to move decided to move from texas to oklahoma from missouri to kansas from new york upstate new york to florida and she still does great work for you but she's now in another state and you have to register in that state and pay state unemployment tax you you depending if you set up an office there, you may find yourself subject to state corporate taxes. Uh, You know, if you have an employee that has an office, a sales office in California, even though you're in Texas, all of a sudden, California wants state corporate income tax from you. And the minimum, even if you have zero income, is $800.
1: Wow, what? $800 just for
2: $800 just to be there.
1: Just to be there and say hi.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So you have to be very careful about how you handle the term nexus. That is where you're doing business and how you're doing business in those states. Now, if, if Sally is your customer service person and she moves across state lines, you probably don't have nexus in that next state. But if you have a sales office in that state, you know, Joe moves there and you say, yeah, Joe, go ahead and and sell people in that state, and he opens up an office, you now have nexus. So these are things that you need to talk to your CPA and your attorney about. But if you've got people that have moved into other states, and they're still working remote, you better be registered in those states. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's yeah you don't want to dodge that at, especially at the the final final hour of the uh the year and have to come up with all that
2: no it, well the fun it's better to do it in december than it is to do it in january
1: <laughs> <laughs> well that makes a lot of sense well yeah now now that you're talking about it cuz january starts the first the next fiscal year
2: it's it's another it's a new year and now everything's closed for the year and it's too late to make that last report or that last deposit or say, well, they really moved it there in, the, oh, no, it wasn't April, it was December they moved there, so I only have the, the fourth quarter to report. <laughs>
1: that's, yeah, that's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, that that's amazing. Uh, one thing, uh, um, I'm still new to the journey. I'm still st- doing business startups and whatnot. Uh, how important is it to actually? Well, I know it's quite important, but uh, taking what needs to be considered when you're actually filing, filing for your, your, um, your corporation, if you will?
2: Well, your corporation is a state entity. Okay, so in the in the bit in the state you're in, you need to file. Now, Delaware and Nevada are nice places to incorporate, and they have some advantages. But if you incorporate in Nevada, and you're in Michigan, you still have to file as a in Michigan as a corporation, okay. and now you're a out-of-state corporation. So you're going to be paying certain amounts of taxes in Nevada and full Michigan taxes for your corporation. So. Unless you've grown large and you're operating in a lot of states, it's probably better to incorporate in the states you're in. It's just simpler. You also file less corporate returns because if you're incorporated in Nevada and you operate in Michigan. You're going to file a Nevada return and you're going to file a Michigan return. And I promise you, your CPA is going to charge you for both of them. (laughs) (laughs) They
1: love that extra form to fill out.
2: (laughs) Oh, hey. Believe me, the more states you're in, the more I love you because, you know, the more <laughs> revenue you produce for me, I'm sorry, but that's just life. And and as a new business, when you incorporate, you are going to encounter additional costs. Okay. You'll have okay. corporate, you may have corporate taxes. You may not, depends on the state. You will have a corporate return you have to file, both federal and probably state. So if you're really small and just started out and don't have any liability, exposure and stay as a sole proprietor but once okay. you get above ten thousand dollars gross or you develop liability then you definitely need to incorporate the ten thousand talk to your cpa he'll advise you when it's time he wants that corporate return believe me
1: <laughs> now well as business owners uh how how is filing different when you're doing a brick and mortar business instead of an online business
2: technically not it's not no you're still file with that the state you're in okay. and the federal government you file an 1120s is the same whether you're an online business or a brick and mortar business okay it's, as long as you're in in the u.s okay. um uh, now as long as you're not as long as you haven't formed a nexus in multiple states for instance we're in texas we provide payroll services across the country, but we only have a nexus in Texas. Okay. That's like all my exes live in Oklahoma, (laughs) You know, but uh, it's actually Texas. But uh, so as long as you don't have nexus, you have just one state to deal with. Now we have sales tax issues in multiple states because we sell product, but, uh, That's all been changing in the last few years uh, as the Supreme court has changed the law. And now you have to pay sales tax wherever you're selling product or delivering product to. Now, a lot of the states have not gotten heavily into it. And if you're selling half a dozen pieces or whatever, a dozen widgets in California, nobody's going to say anything. You're, you're, You're below the threshold as you get bigger you're going to start getting hit with that. That was all a big case here a few years ago, and the Supreme Court changed what is a nexus for sales tax purposes. And it can be wherever you're shipping stuff to.
1: Okay. Because uh, I know when I was working with Amazon or for Amazon or partnership, <laughs> it, it's a weird thing being an Amazon reseller because Amazon mm-hmm. would take care of all that stuff for you. And then they right. would break it down. It's like, okay, this is what we sold to these things here. This is all the taxes we take it out. Take it to your CPA and here, be done with you. Because that, that's right. actually one of the nice things about working with Amazon. One of the few.
2: <laughs> and, and there are there are services that you can work with that'll help you with all that. Your CPA will can advise you when, hey, this is getting, Magnus this is getting too much for for my firm. I'm going to suggest you get one of these sales tax operations to, to handle all the calculations for you.
1: Perfect. Now you brought up a good point. How often about moving from one specialty person to another specialty person, but how those four people that we talked about, your lawyer, your CPA, your insurance broker, and what was the fourth guy again? Your banker. Your banker. How often should you meet with them?
2: Frankly, once you get to any size at all, your accountant should be doing monthly financials for you okay you can start out with annual and then quarterly but once you get above a certain size you need to move to monthly so you should be seeing your accountant every month It, it may not be much time but he's going to do your financials mm-hmm. he's also going to be if you don't use a payroll service like us then he's going to be doing after the facts after the fact payroll and making all your payroll tax deposits and forms for you. Uh, many of those are uh, monthly. And if you get bigger, they become semi-weekly where you have to pay uh, within, you have to make your deposits within three or four days. So uh, you need to, your accountant going to be your, your biggest contact. Your banker, you probably, if you're not borrowing money, if you're just moving money through a, a checking account, no, once every year or two, just, okay. you know, stop in and say, hi, uh, let them know, make sure you know who your officer is. So if there's a problem, you can call Joe, not customer service. And the banks are getting mm-hmm. terrible about having uh, officers at branches. So you may have mm-hmm. to be pushy, but you want to have a, a contact when there's a problem in that account that you have a person to talk to that knows who you are. Your insurance agent at least once a year, you need to review your policies. They're pro- and price is probably going to go up, and you may want to put them out for um, bid. Uh, okay. You know, periodically, not maybe not every year, but every three to five years, you'll want to rebid all your insurance. Okay. So, okay. The, the, and your lawyer uh, again, uh, unless something comes up, once a year, uh, take them to lunch. Uh, that's cheaper than being in his office because he'll charge you in the office.
1: No, he'll probably still charge you for while you're at lunch and the lunch itself. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah,
2: you're gonna yeah, the lunch is coming out of your pocket. Don't worry. Yeah,
1: about. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> but funny things happen. I mean, I, I remember one time my banker took me to uh, lunch, and uh, her credit card that was issued on her bank, yeah, wouldn't they wouldn't accept it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, me. Uh, needless to say when i had to pay for lunch she was embarrassed
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's only the bank that you store your money in that you know you, you can't access exactly and it, it was her credit
2: card on her bank <laughs> her <laughs> company credit card
1: <laughs> uh, oh it does happen well we went through a lot of stuff on the in the first qu- half of the show already Charles. Uh, we're already halfway through. Um, we covered when to, when to actually uh, become a, a co- companies, different types of companies, the people you need in your company. But we're going to take a break right now. Um, and we're going to come back and get more into depth with this. So everybody for that is tuned in, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we're going to be right back after these uh, few short messages.
2: the bottom line in business talk.
0: Everyone deserves the opportunity to have access to the knowledge to make their own choices when it comes to where their money goes. Listening to Making More Money For You with Magnus Carter will give you that access. Investing isn't just for the wealthy. Making More Money For You, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel.
2: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: You are listening to Making More Money for You with Magnus Carter. If you have any questions for Magnus or his guests, join us on the show at 866-472-5789. That's 866-472-5789. Now back to the show. Here is Magnus Carter.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, We're talking about businesses, taxes, and how to stay clear of the IRS and operate proficiently and without issues. Uh, To help me guide you on this journey, I have Charles Reed with me. Uh, Welcome back, Charles.
2: Thank you, Magnus. Pleasure to be here as always
1: absolutely and as the lady on the uh welcome on the uh broadcast suggested we are taking questions if you have any and the phone number is one eight six six four seven 472 5789 uh first half of the show we went to why to incorporate how to incorporate and who the f- are the best people to have in your inner circle when you're actually starting a business and this would this part of the show we're going to get into like uh, some of the benefits of actually wor- working from home, actually transforming your house into a an office, if you will, because a lot of small uh, new businesses are doing this. So, Charles, let's let's start there. It's like, w- what's one of the main reasons why to start working out of your house as a business?
2: Well, so you're not paying a landlord, first of all. That that's a huge thing because you're not paying rent for nothing for for, for space that you don't own. Uh, we, I worked out of the house for a number of years out of the game room. Um, and then after I went to a, an office, I realized my money was just being thrown at the landlord who was making a fortune. So I built my own building, okay. um, because we'd gotten too big to work out of the house. So you want to consider your own real estate because 15 years later, it's paid for. Oh, wow. So, you know, I own my own building mm-hmm. and that, that's a wonderful thing, but working out of the house, you also get a lot of deductions. Oh,
1: everybody likes deductions. (laughs) Okay. Uh,
2: You know, and you know, you may have somebody else working there with you, but you know, a certain amount of the coffee is deductible, the water is deductible, the lawn care is deductible, uh, depreciation on the house. There's a whole bunch of deductions that you can take uh, for having a home office. Now, you have to have a space that's exclusive for the office. There are some rules your cpa can advise you on those and can help you structure what you're doing to match the irs regulations rather than you do something and try to make them fit the regulations know the regulations and do then what you do matches those so it's fully deductible
1: okay so that, that's amazing yeah you know well deductions mean less paying out and more money coming back into the pockets
2: What you want want to do as a business person is to live in a deductible world. You want to make everything you do deductible. And there's ways to do this. A couple of short stories. Mm -hmm. There was an accountant in California who loved Hawaii. So he put an ad in the Hawaiian paper for tax services, and he got a client. And over the course of the next 20 years, he built up quite a practice in Hawaii. So every spring, he'd go spend two weeks in Hawaii. It was all tax deductible. It was all a business expense. There was a doctor in Florida who liked to fish, and he had a nice big fishing boat. Okay. Well, he deducted the whole thing, and the IRS said, no, you can't do that. And the doctor said, yes, I can, because I use it for business. And the IRS said, how? He says, I invite people to go fishing with me to develop rapport. And the IRS said, well, that doesn't count. And he says, oh, but wait, I invite other doctors and I invite them. And after the second time, if they haven't referred a patient to me, I don't invite them a third time. And I have a log showing all of this. And the court said, this is a way to increase his revenue, which is taxable, and therefore is a ordinary and necessary business expense for marketing. Uh,
1: uh lots of crickets. So, <laughs> <you're> tell- <laughs> wow. So, the doctor has a yacht now that's paid for and tax deductible. And is actually a business asset now. Because he's using it to recruit more, more patients. More exactly. patients. Exactly. It's and an also, ordinary business expense. And on top of that, he's using it for marketing with other doctors. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah.
2: Wow. You need a good CPA that's creative. You don't want, the, as I put it, you don't want one that crosses the line, but you want one that dances down the line on one way. Okay, so sure, you, you you take legitimate positions that can be supported. Yeah, you may well you may lose it in court. It it could happen. I understand that. But as long as it's documented properly and meets the law, in all probability, you're going to win against the IRS because you've pre-planned this. You've thought about it. You've consulted with professionals, and you've designed these things to be deductible. But it takes pre-planning. You can't just do it off the cuff. But living in a deductible world is more than being that creative. It's things like if you're leaving a client's office, you've gone to a client and you're coming back to your office at the house. Mm -hmm. Well, when you stop off at the grocery store, if it's just a mile out of the way, that's de minimis. And you don't change that. You just include the whole trip as business mileage. Okay.
1: Okay. When you, you
2: go to the po- when you go to the post office, you're mailing business mail. The fact that you're mailing packages to the kids at the same time, it's still a business trip. Okay.
1: Okay. That the, makes sense. The
2: compute the computer that you buy for your business that you run your business on. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The fact that you check your dating site on it, you just don't talk about. It. <laughs>
1: all right that makes it yeah you're using it for business as you're saying your internet the things you need day to day to do uh, business your electricity you need water you need you got to have a bathroom in your you
2: have to have a business bathroom so a portion of the water bill is deductible a portion of the electric bill is deductible portion of the gas bill a portion of the real estate taxes they're all deductible your cpa can help you with that you want to live in a world where you make as much as what you do, deductible.
1: Hmm. Now you did talk about computers and hardware and whatnot. Now how does how do you factor in the diminishing part of it? Um, because anything you buy, such as those, they their value goes down. So right. how, how can you okay. elaborate on that?
2: There's a difference between a depreciable asset. and an expensable asset. A depreciable asset, you have to depreciate, which means you take the cost of it over a period of time. Okay, gotcha. Say the computer has a three-year life, you would expense a third of it each year. But, Uh... if it's under $1,000, then the IRS will let you just write it off that year. Then also, on your 1120S, you can take a 179 depreciation, which allows you to depreciate things immediately up to, uh, I think it's $100,000 or $200,000. It changes periodically. But there is bonus depreciation you can take. So normally you can expense most everything that year. Now, if you buy a building or a big piece of equipment, probably not, you'll have to depreciate it or expense it over the life. And that can cause some variances in you owe taxes, but you have no cash. It happens. Uh, that's one of the problems with depreciation. That's why the bonus depreciation is there. But again, your CPA can walk you through that and help you. You know, Some of the things, if you buy a truck, if it's over a certain weight, mm-hmm. well, then it's a different class. So there's trucks that approach that weight and there's trucks that are over that. So oh, there, right. there's things you can do. You just have to pre-plan. And know the tax code, and that's where your CPA comes in handy. You want a CPA that understands your business and small business, and he'll be with his he'll he'll be free.
1: Right? Yeah, he'll actually work as well. He'll save you money, so he's actually working for free. Which yep. I, I've been told multiple times that if, if you find a good lawyer um, and a good CPA, you know they're going to make you money in the end.
2: Yes. Absolutely. Line. And it's just yes. gonna
1: be it's just gonna be phenomenal. Because um what you were saying as well is um you need to have someone that's actually very good with the tax tax law in your state that you're uh operating out of, correct? Not yes. just somebody not just some cheap guy from say um Albuquerque, India. New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, you you, you you need real professionals. Uh, you don't need uh, internet uh, hucksters that are cheap, uh, whether it be uh, your lawyer, your, your accountant, your insurance company. Uh, it, it's critical that you know your insurance agent and they can work with you. Um, your banker, uh, your payroll company. Uh, th- these are people you need to know and trust because they will save you money If they know who you are, if they're just applying a a cookie cutter formula, um, you're going to miss a lot of things because you're not a cookie cutter. You're unique. Every business is unique and has unique opportunities that a professional can help you take advantage of like the doctor in Florida.
1: Okay. So to find the right person for, your business what are a couple of questions that you would ask the when you interviewed the, these people what what are a couple of questions to ask them and uh, what kind of responses would you expect
2: uh how many businesses like mine in this particular industry do you do business with oh I've never heard of your business okay thank you very much next okay, okay. uh how much experience do you have and that's you know, it's, they don't uh, have they don't have to have forty years experience, but oh, you're my first client. No, next. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. Uh, unless he's going to no. do it for free and his father's in the business, you're, you're, it's probably a mistake. And I, I, I'm sorry for new guys. It's it's, you know, you got to earn your dues someplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I earned them in the corporate world. So those are a couple of things. Ask your friends. Ask people in the same line of business who they use. Because if they're happy with them, um, then you may be, you know, if you're opening a restaurant, uh, your local restaurant association, there's hundreds of restaurants, and most of them have an accountant. Most of them have a payroll company. Most of them have an attorney. Uh, Ask them who they use. Interview those guys first because they know the business.
1: Oh, true. And also, usually when – referring people they get bonuses so if i take this what do you get out of in return for this you know because not to be picky or anything but a lot of companies that want to expand that would actually get better um oh what's the word i'm actually looking for here uh more rapport with the customers that they have they they actually want them to expand am i right
2: yeah not only that but we we As a payroll company, we offer referral fees to our clients. If they refer a new client, we give them 10% of the new client's revenue forever. It's cheap marketing for us because it's word of mouth and it's very effective. And our clients love us. So if they refer a client, we're perfectly willing to pay them. Um, Now, you know, if you're a new client, you may not like that, but... You know, I, if, if I'm not paying them, I'm paying a salesman. So, you know, six and one percent right. to the other. That's marketing.
1: Oh, you're right. And if that person does have it, it's like, okay, you find someone to refer them to so you can get there. It's it's an ever, ever going cycle.
2: It, it Hopefully it turns into a pyramid scheme. And a I've got a million people referring <laughs> a billion people to me. But, you know, that would be nice.
1: <laughs> so, well, that's, it does happen. And I have seen people do do that in all sorts of different businesses, and it works. Yeah, uh, it's just it's the small things, especially with this show that I've been bringing out to to a lot of uh, new people and a lot of even seasoned people. Is all these things that we're talking about are overlooked? Mm-hmm. Every one of these things are overlooked because they're looking at the end and not looking at the next step in the, in the process.
2: And I'm going to tell you what I see a lot of entrepreneurs doing is they're working in their business not on their business okay okay and there's a difference we start a business because we're good at something
1: Mm
2: -hmm. we're we can do it better cheaper faster than the guy we're doing it working for and so we start our own business uh we can produce better food we can get better legal advice we can take care of patients we can um, create widgets we can do designs we can build websites Better, faster, cheaper. So we should go into business, right? Sure. Why not? You're you're an entrepreneur now. You have a business and your job is to design websites. No, you're in business. Your job is to build your business, okay? To create, to make it grow, to make it expand, to make it profitable. You need to work on your business. You didn't start this and most of us do. We made a job. Okay, Right. That's not how you grow a business doing the work. You grow a business by working on the business and expanding it and hiring people and growing it and marketing and becoming a much, much bigger business. That's how you succeed monetarily. A lot of success and a lot of satisfaction in doing good work for people and making a living. No argument about that. And if that's where you're happy, that's fine. A lot of CPAs, they 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 have one office. It's just them, maybe a part-time girl, and they're perfectly happy, and that's fine. But if you want to be bigger, uh, you want the private island, uh, you want the yacht, you want the airplane, you want the mansion, uh, you want the Ferrari, whatever, you're going to have to grow your business, and you have to work on your business, not in it.
1: You, that's the uh, the skyscraper looking down at the business and figuring out and moving the chess pieces. Yeah, very much okay. so. And uh, I'm guilty of it. Uh, I know a lot of people out there listening are guilty of this as well. And because we get caught up with it. So are you because we get caught up in it. And you want to make sure it's done right. And you want to make sure it's done effectively. And so you don't have to do the rework. And time slips away super fast. It does. It does. And, uh, you know, um, Charles, I can't believe, you know, it's, you've been doing it for 40 years. I started, <laughs> um, as you're saying, is building the business. I'm, I'm doing the same thing. Uh, I'm working on trademarking. Uh, some of the things that I'm working on are, are other books. I have a couple other books. I have articles and whatnot doing on, I can't actually hand that off to anybody because I'm the contents coming out of me. That's one of the, one of the word things.
2: True. But there are things that you can, as you grow, hand off uh, and hire help uh, and hire good people and succeed greater than you could do on your own. So you need to look right. at that. You need to look at your business and see what can I delegate? Okay. And right. yeah, other people can write your books. You can ghostwrite a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, people can help you with the content. People can do the editing. People can do the book design, the layout. Oh, yes. <laughs> my last book, my last book, uh, my publicist put me with Wiley, a big publishing yeah. house. And okay. they made my last book much better than it would have been otherwise. And it sold well. They, It's on Amazon. It's on all the bookstores. Uh, we sold a lot more, and it's a lot better book okay. than it would have been had I done it myself like I did my first three. So I'm very pleased with, yeah, it costs some money, but I got a much, much better product. It's, okay. you know, my business card now. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. there's a lot of things you can do.
1: Yeah, it's uh, how often do you when you're talking to business people that are starting out, how often do you talk talk to them and tell them, Go um, even for your own business? How often do you sit down and reevaluate everything?
2: Well, one of the things I do is I buy Michael Gerber's The E-Myth Revisited by the Dust. And I hand it out to clients all the time. A friend of mine gave it to me early on in my independent career and it changed my life. It taught me how to work on my business. Every employee that comes to work for me reads the book. I reread it every few years. Okay. Just to reinstitute that i need to work on my business and not in it so it's an ongoing process because yeah i get caught up in the minutiae and and the content and dealing with the irs and yeah that's that's a lot of fun for me i like (laughs) dealing with the irs uh and and yeah i can lose sight of working on my business so it's something you have to remind yourself of constantly
1: it's that whole uh I was talking with Kevin Palmieri and Tommy Breedlove and a bunch of other guests that are saying the exact same thing you're saying is the small things that we change over daily progress compounds for a better, for a better outcome.
2: Absolutely. It's the little steps. It's a million little steps, but they're all little. You can do one today. You can do one this afternoon, do one tomorrow, do one the next day. And over the course of a year, you've done a bunch of them.
1: And then you look back, it's like, wow, cause I, I do that as well. Uh, it's already Nove- November, December's next next month already. And it's already a year, <laughs> the year's gone. Uh, I actually sat back and I'm going to do, possibly do a show about this later uh, in in December about looking back about the year, year in review because I'm only doing the radio show seven months now already it's uh, honestly working on the eighth month of this uh not even a year yet and still climbing and i'm still having great content and still excellent guests at, as your, such as yourself on here delivering these wonderful tidbits that people need to hear if they want to get into this because it can happen and people can do these they can yes. go into business for themselves um they can hey, be successful
2: there's a hundred thousand new businesses every month in the US. Okay. Now, most of them fail, but not all of them. A lot of them become very successful. Now, if you're gonna be an entrepreneur, don't expect to be Bill Gates. Okay. It, it it's not gonna happen. Uh, just like I didn't I bought some tickets, but I didn't win the lotto last night. Okay. Some guy in New York did. The two million dollars. Uh, so product. close. Yeah, so close. Okay. <laughs> But, uh, you know, there's 10,000 people that won a million or whatever. I, I don't know what the numbers are, but a lot of people want a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, one guy won the big prize. Uh, the chance of hitting the big prize are infinitesimally small. The chances of growing a business and making a good living, they're pretty good. And if you don't succeed in the first one, try it again. Now, entrepreneurship's not for everybody. But if you've got that entrepreneurial bent, as I do, As you do, I think it's a great life.
1: I really do. I enjoy it. Uh, I'm starting to enjoy. I'm starting to step more. Every day is another step in this direction, and leaving the the previous nine to five away. I still need that because it's still growing, you know. But every day is a step this towards this. Yep. And I see it every. It's wonderful. I agree. That's nice.
2: Nice thing about the gig economy. You can do it part-time. You can do it on the side. Yeah. And if it works, then you can tell them to take this job and whatever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Another great country song. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, I can't believe. uh, I, I do believe that the people that I have on the show and people I've been meeting with are supposed to be on the show and they are changing lives. They're changing my life. They're changing, well, I'm impacting your life and everybody out there. That's actually listening to this and want to, wants to take that chance. They're taking, they're taking the content and I see that in the, in the reviews and I see it from uh voice America as well. And I can't, I thank you very much for your time today, Charles.
2: Oh, Magnus, it has been my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And because it's already the end of the show. We've talked about businesses and taxes and all the all the boring stuff already and the hour is gone already. <laughs> uh so with that being said, at the this is the end of the show where Charles, is there anything that you would like to tell the listeners on how to contact you, anything that you're offering? Um, this this is your time to shine. Sure.
2: Uh, we're available at GetPayroll.com on the web. Uh, my email is CJR at GetPayroll. And if they've got something they really need an answer to, 972-353-0000. Ask for Charles. But what I'd like to do for your listeners, my newest book is The Payroll Book, The Guide for Small Business and Startups we talked about, published sure. by Wiley. If they would like a copy of this, if they will go to the payrollbook.com enter the discount code podcast we will ship them free of charge a copy of the book
1: that is extraordinary charles uh, i will get that into the description and wherever we post it it will be in there so they it'll be out there for whoever is interested in starting their own business
2: absolutely it, if it's 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 30 years of payroll wisdom distilled down to 95,000 words there's a lot of horror stories. There's a lot of fun things in there, and if all else fails, it's a great cure for insomnia.
1: <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I, I'm I'm looking forward to reading your book as well because uh, I know I can sh- sure use that knowledge. I'm uh, constantly learning and lo- loving to read, so I, I appreciate your time, Charles. And um, I can't believe that we already are at the end of the show uh next week is going to be a different type of of show is because i finally got bernadette boas is going to be on the show next week and we are going to be discussing discussing am i the disgruntled one in the relationship between employee and employer (laughs) so we're going to talk about that how we're going to work on each other and uh if i'm the sole business person how do i fix myself so You'd like. Charles, once again, thank you for your time. Thank you for your service. And it's been a pleasure having you on the show.
2: Magnus, it's been my pleasure being with you. Thank you very much for having me. I've enjoyed it.
1: Absolutely. And everybody out there, if you have any questions, I will link the information that Charles has left in the description and you can contact him directly. Uh until next week, enjoy this warm weather, this Indian summer su- still or Native American summer. And uh, check out the eclipse that's later tonight. And uh, we'll see you next week.
0: Thanks for listening to Making More Money For You with Magnus Carter on the Voice America Business Channel. We look forward to the next show where we will be making more money for you. Until then, have a fantastic week.